This is Serena Vincent from Cabin Fever and Return to House in Haunted Hill, and you are listening to the Don't Go Out There podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to... The Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast, powered by the Roll Up Network. Just want to thank all of our fans and listeners. I really appreciate all the support. You guys are awesome. Uh, super excited for this uh, upcoming interview. We are joined today by another legend of the business with nearly 100 credits to her name, best known for her roles in Cabin Fever, Not Another Teen Movie, and many others. Actor and author, Miss Serena Vincent. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Thank you, guys. I'm great. Thank you for having me. And a legend, that's quite a title. Um, <laughs> honored. Thank you. Ms. Vincent, we just like start all of our interviews by asking, what is it that got you into the acting business? Well, okay. My, gr- my mother um, had, was a dance teacher, so we had a dance studio in the back of our house. So I grew up with this space to play make-believe with an attic full of costumes, singing and dancing, making up plays. And um, I loved it. Like the arts were just really encouraged in my home. And um, and then when I was 12, I joined a theater company, like, like a children's theater company. And so I started doing plays and different things. And I think I was in second grade when I was like in the, the school Christmas play and I memorized the whole play, like everybody's lines. So it just was in me, you know, from the beginning, I would say. Um, but I didn't know how people actually did this for a living. I didn't know how you got from, you know, being, you know, just doing plays in your hometown to being in film and television. So, of course, it was like a journey uh, getting a career path carved out. But, um, but that's where it all began. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, speaking of beginnings, you started off with some TV early in your career. And and I know I know you have a huge following with the Power Rangers. I mean, that's that's a big fan base. But but your TV resume is very expensive, extensive. I mean, you've got Alec McBeal, CSI, Bones, Mike and Molly, Two and a Half Men. I mean, the list goes on and on. So, I mean, how mm-hmm. does work? How does working on TV differ than films for you? And I mean, do you have a preference between the two? Well, it's, um, it's a lot different, actually, you know, television shows are like, you know, when you're on a, and I was just on a a Disney series called Stuck in the Middle, like when you're on a TV show, it's just very structured. And, you know, you go to work every day, every week. I mean, those that you, you know, you mentioned were guest star roles. So I was there for, you know, a certain episode. Um, But it's nice to, I don't have a preference. I love both. Like I love, you know, getting whisked whisked away on a movie set and you're just sort of like, um, you know, you know, especially when you shoot on location, uh, you're away from your own life and you're just, your only focus is that role every single day. And, um, um, you know, it's a big like ensemble experience and, you know, television, 
most of the time you're, you know, sleeping in your own bed. You can drive to work in the morning and come home at night. And it's like the schedule thing is, is different. And that seems like some, like, like a silly, simple thing, but it's actually a really big deal. Right. You know, when you, when you talk about like, especially now as a mother having a kid, like it's, I can't just go away to Bulgaria and do a movie. I mean, I can, but like, you know, um, ideally like it's really nice to be able to live like in your home where you live and, and go to work and do what you love. Absolutely. Totally understandable. But I want to do both. I don't ever want to have to choose, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. It it doesn't seem like you have to choose. So that's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, and all right, so I know it's not horror, but I have to ask because it's one of my favorite movies and and your first feature film, if I'm not mistaken, not another teen movie in 2001. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? And, you know, how, how did you get the role? What was your experience like, you know, on set working with Kyler Lee, Jamie Presley and, of course, the, the amazing Chris Evans? Yeah. Yeah. So, um after Power Rangers, you know, after that show ended, I was really busy and auditioning for all kinds of things and, um, you, you know, lots of roles and lots of things. And that, I remember getting that script and that back before email, like, like they, like, you know, you had to go like pick up a hard copy script at your agency. And, right. you know, um, I remember reading it and, and thinking like, oh my God, this is hysterical. This is so funny. Um, <laughs> But I was like, I wanted to read for a different role. I didn't want to read for Ariola, the foreign exchange student. I didn't want to like be naked the entire movie. I wanted to like, so I auditioned for that role and, um, and they offered it to me. I got it. Um, But they, you know, but they, I, again, I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could do the nudity. So I turned it down and they actually hired somebody else. And it didn't work out with her. And then it came back to me. And um, and then I just, you know, made a really hard decision or a big decision to right. uh, to do the nudity. You know, I was young. I was 21. And I, at that point, had never, it never occurred to me that I was going to be faced with a question of, will you do nudity for a role? Like, right. I hadn't come up yet in my career you know and I didn't even think about how I felt about it because like I wasn't faced with the decision so it was a huge decision to do the movie was a blast to make but like because my character was totally naked the whole movie but nobody was supposed to notice that that was like what what the words were in the script and describing her and you know in five different accents and the whole thing I didn't get to spend time with the other castmates because like I was just like in a robe, like sequestered, like away. And when you shoot scenes, like anybody shooting a nude scene on set, they, they call it a closed set. So anybody who doesn't have to be there can't be there. So a lot of times they would shoot everybody else and then bring in and just shoot my coverage. And then like, so I wasn't like hanging out with anyone. So I didn't actually get to bond with the cast as much as I would have liked because of just the nature of my role. Right. And then I was supposed to be in it a lot more. Like I was in the big dance number and there was all kinds of other funny moments, but um, there was the kid, the actor, I forget his name now, but he was only 14 at the time. And you can't have an actor nude on set and a child on right. set, even the, during the same day, I think by wow. union rules. So I got cut out a lot. 
But anyway, it was great. It was great. But then like, holy shit, then you're like, sorry, you can beat that out if you want. But then, you know, it it was like out there for the world to see. And that was tough. Um, the, The judgment that came after just the judgment of your body and the judgment of of doing nudity. Um, I wasn't expecting that. And that was also like, I definitely had to work through that and figure out how to metabolize all of that energy. Right now. And, and by the way, you can cuss as much as you want to on the show. Um, but, but, uh, so does that happen a lot with, uh, with roles? I mean, do you turn, can you, do you get offered the role a second time a lot? I mean, does when you turn one down, mm-hmm. does it come back to you or usually that's no. It? Yeah, that usually that's it. So that was just like, a, I don't know, you know, an anomaly. Like right. I, I and and I do feel like that that was very ballsy of me to turn it down considering I wasn't doing anything else. I was totally broke, you know, but like. I didn't feel like I could do the nudity. I just didn't feel like I could. Um, but then it ultimately, yeah, no, it doesn't happen a lot. And I don't, you know, I don't turn down jobs a lot. I, 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 as much as I, sorry, there was a time where I was getting offered all kinds of things like, oh, you know, nude, nude roles and like low budget horror movies. And you do have to turn those kinds of things down. So you're available to do better work and, you know, all the TV shows that you just mentioned and, you know, um, you need to sort of like set the bar higher, but it's tricky because if you're not, you also have to pay your bills. So you're always doing that dance of like, I don't really want to take this job. I really feel like, you know, I'm I'm not so super sure how this movie is going to turn out, but I got bills to pay, you know? Yes, ma'am. There's that. Uh, Ms. Vince, I'm just going to transition to the horror genre real quick. Um, yeah. Cabin Cabin Fever. We haven't reviewed that movie yet, but I know, you know, all of us on the show, we we really like the movie. You played Marcy. Uh how did you meet Eli Roth and eventually get that role? I got the audition. I actually I, um they were already in North Carolina like prepping to shoot. So I got the the appointment and I had to put myself on tape, which now we're doing every single day from our house. Like I taped two auditions today um wow. from my house, but I had to put myself on tape. Uh, but that was back when, like, literally I was, like, rolling a VHS, like, like a movie camera, you know, and sent in a VHS tape, you know, mailed it. Uh, um, and he watched my tape and then he called me and he gave me some notes. He was like, I I just want to, like, give you some direction and see a new version. So I got a second shot at that. Um and sent in another tape and got and got the job. So the, again, the same the process was just, you know, I I worked for it. I auditioned for it. Yes, ma'am. And from what I and understand, that movie was that movie was amazing. Like it oh, was yeah. so much fun to make. It was such a wonderful experience. Everybody involved, and like we really believed in it, uh, but we didn't know that the world was going to freak out over it <laughs> you know like we like we did so it was just it was really cool all you know from the beginning to the end well i think eli ross made quite a few movies that uh that are quite shocking uh, yeah <laughs> from what i understand there was a decent amount you shot that didn't make it into the film is that correct uh of cabin fever yes, yes ma'am there was definitely yeah there was a few things that didn't make it um joey and i joey kern and i had a really fun that I felt like really set up 
our characters and like who we were that unfortunately got cut because Joey had like a few different accidents happen with his eye, oh, um, like glass in one of the scenes where like the, the car exploded, like the glass blew up and out into his eye. Like hit it. What? And then we were shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And then we were shooting and it's like his eye was finally better. And then we were shooting the scene where we're arguing over whether bread goes in the fridge or in the, on the counter and he storms out of the cabin, you know, part of the scene and like the, right. like a two by four hit him in the face. Oh my gosh. So we never actually got to sh- finish shooting that. Um, so that's, that's the, that scene is the one that sticks out that I know that didn't make the film that I felt like set up our characters, but I mean, it's pretty fun. You don't need it. Yeah, that's definitely some, uh, some terrible luck there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so tr- just to transition a little bit, I mean, you're incredibly multi-talented and, you know, you've also co-authored some books namely how to eat like a hot chick and how to love like a hot chick from uh from harper collins um you co-authored those with jody lipper can you tell us a little bit about those yeah so uh let's see um it was after another movie it was after cabin fever i don't know in my 20s or so and it was just that time where everybody Paris Hilton had that reality show and everything was hot, this right. and hot, that. And it was coming off of the time where, like, now curves are in. It's, like, in to be, you know, have, you know, TNA <laughs> boobs and a butt. But, like, forever <laughs> it was, like, that heroin chic. Everybody had to be as skinny as possible. And it was really annoying and really <laughs> tough on a lot of women, um, no matter what you do. But, um definitely actors and me personally I went through my own you know share of eating disorders and things like that and body image issues and and um so I got over that and my girlfriend and I my friend Wart and I were on a, a plane to New York to just have fun and there was some middle-aged pudgy white man telling women how to eat fat-free and how to cook fat-free and he made this like really lame fat-free burrito and I looked at her and I was like this is ridiculous like if anybody is going to be telling women like what to eat it should be like women it should be like girlfriend to girlfriend you know and like also I had spent too much of my life and I think many women do and men feeling guilty for eating a cupcake or eating pizza and like lamenting over the fact that you're going to eat it and then paying you know feeling like you have to repent for you know hours at the gym later and and I was just done with that it's just with we have this one very short life and there's a lot of fun to be had that we don't need to we need to be healthy but we don't need to waste time and energy feeling guilty over a fucking cupcake that's like was was our motto and and too many women didn't feel beautiful so we just were like f this we're going to write a book called how to eat like a hot chick. We're going to redefine the term hot chick. It's not about a, like, you know, how you look, it's about an inner confidence and beauty. And we're going to tell women that this is, you know, this is the anti-diet book. Eat what you love, love how you feel. And it was, it's really funny. They're irreverent. They're ridiculous. And yeah, so we did three books with Harper Collins and then that kind of fizzled out. We tried to turn it into a reality show that didn't really happen, but, um, and now I have a book for babies and toddlers coming out soon, which we can talk about that in a minute, but yeah, that, that's where that started. And, um, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. 
That is. Uh, Ms. Vincent, as a writer, can you tell us about any screenplays you may have authored yourself? Yes. Um, child is yelling. Um, well, let's see. I mean, it's tricky because, like, one of them sold but hasn't been made, and uh, I'm working on another one that I, I don't want to talk about them yet, right, until they're done. Um, but I am, like, I'm working on a horror film with a friend of mine, um, I have another horror film that I wrote years ago that I want to revamp and make. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I love writing. It's a huge other piece of my, my life and my, my career. I'm, but I mean, most of my work is in, you know, film and television. Well, I'll tell you what, when you, when you get those screenplays made, come back on the show and we can talk about them again. How about that? I would love that. I love that. There's a horror film I'm writing right now that I'm super excited about, a horror comedy. But yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great transition because the next thing I'm going to ask you about is the return to House on Haunted Hill from 2007. Um, you played Michelle opposite of, you know, another legend, Jeffrey Combs and Amanda Rigetti, mm -hmm. who, who I love from Friday the 13th. Um, can you talk a little bit about working on that sequel? Yeah, uh, so yeah, so it was a sequel to the remake, and it was a blast. We actually shot that movie in Bulgaria, and um, it was a lot of fun. It, it, I don't know if you know this, but there is like a version of it, and not every version has it, but that where it's like a choose your own adventure type of thing, so you can pick a different ending. Like, I died like two different ways. I've actually never even seen the second way, but um. So it was a kind of a complicated movie to shoot because there's Sounds all like these, like, they call them bridging scenes where you could, you know, choose your own adventure. Uh, so it was a big movie to shoot, uh, but it, it, it was a lot of fun. Eric Palladino was in that movie and we had a lot of fun together. And I mean, it was just a, a blast. Anytime you have an opportunity to do what you love in another country and like see right. how another culture lives and works and you know, grateful for the experience. Ms. Vincent, uh, It Waits has a bit of a cult following as well, joining a ton of your other films. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, by and the way, you, was that your first you can, starring you headlining call, role? No, sorry. I totally interrupted. You can call me Serena, by the way. Um, okay. <laughs> but thank you. You're such a light. Um, wait, was It Waits my first... Um, starring headlining role? Like lead lead? Um, yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. I think you're right. Um, right where I, where I was like in every single scene. Yeah, that it, it was my first. I kind of didn't even think about that. Um, and then, you know, I did quite a few others that, or a handful of others after that. Right. But right, that one was like, there there wasn't very many other people in the movie. <laughs> so um, that was a great film. Horror fans love it. Yeah. Uh, creature fans, you know, fans of creature films love that one the creature was really cool again we sh I shot that in Vancouver so like like I had never been to Vancouver but my work took me there and um I'm super grateful for that experience you know I I met someone recently who said the work isn't the job the work is before you get the job and then when you get the job like that's just the cake like that's the bonus and it really feels that way like the work is here in my house now, just 
tons and tons of auditions and self tapes for all kinds of cool projects that we just hope people are watching them in this new way that we're doing things with COVID. Right. You know, before when you walked into a room to audition, you know that they're watching you because you're in the same room. Right. <laughs> but it's hard to, you know, casting directors are like inundated with tapes and it's, it's hard to know. It, you don't get that feedback. And you're like, when you're a performer, you, you know, you need, you know, <laughs> we need feedback. You, we want to know. Anyway, I'm super proud of every tape I send in and I think I'm going to book every single job. Um, but it doesn't work like that. And so I'm just so reminded now of that, what I just said, like the work is really like, is the, is the work is trying to get the job. That's, that's like the hardest part about being an actor is all the roles you play and characters you fall in love with and lines that you memorize that don't go your way. And then right. when you actually get the job and you get to go to Bulgaria or Vancouver or whatever, and those, I mean, that there, that's not, I mean, yes, they're hard and yes, it's work and it's long days and it's cold and you're wet and it's sometimes you're sick. I was really sick on it. Wait, like, like I have like the flu or something. And, Jeez. and, um, but like, but you're working, you know, we're doing what, you know, we love and we should be grateful for that. And I always am. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and speaking of COVID and and 2020, I mean, you know, we everybody with most everybody was stuck in their houses. But the good thing about that was everybody was devouring content. And you had uh, you had three projects in 2020: uh, Secrets in the Water, uh, Killing Eleanor, and My Daughter's Psycho Friend. Um, do you have anything you you'd like to kind of tell our audience regarding those? Any favorites? Actually, Killing Eleanor is coming out soon it hasn't come out yet it comes out in October um it's I I I'm, I play a really small part in it but it it's it's a really beautiful film written by my one of my dearest friends Annika Marks and directed by her husband Rich Nui it's a really really beautiful in, indie film and I was actually pregnant um oh well wow. we talked about me playing a different they talked about me playing a different role in the film like a bigger role but I was pregnant at the time so I I flew in and I was very pregnant and just did a little part pregnant and um secrets in the water I haven't seen yet I've heard that it come it came out to like overseas but I don't think that they've released it here yet um, not supposed to be for a lifetime. And my daughter's psycho friend was al- also on lifetime. Okay. I did that movie five weeks after I had my baby. Oh, wow. Five wow. weeks. And I don't know if you have kids, but trust me, that's like really early. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have, I have two that. and I have a 17th month old that I, yeah, I took the baby with me. Like, you know, he was on set with me every day and and they like the director was amazing and let me like nurse between takes and stuff but I was exhausted you know I well that yeah that, that's but what anyway, I mean it just, it just seems like yeah. a like just hard physically exhausting thing to try to do oh my god it was it was impossible but I did it but I, I don't even know how but I did and um so yeah that's that's those three films and um but yeah like I said uh Killing Eleanor comes out next month and Secrets in the Water hopefully sometime soon awesome awesome uh, i'm not sure if there's much you can say about this one but you're credited with having the next big hit in pre-production uh is there anything you can tell us about that yes or no <laughs> you know it's a really fun script it's a it's a 
musical comedy. Nice. It's a martial arts musical comedy. Oh, okay. And I know the right the creator, the writer, whatever, and um, we worked together in a movie called Not Another uh, called sorry called Everybody Wants to Be Italian, and um, it was really fun. So I said yes. Yes, yes, let's do it. But I, I think that they're still getting their financing together or something. So we were supposed to shoot in July, and I haven't heard anything. So that's all I know. Okay, we'll definitely be keeping an eye out on that. Um, just yeah. a little, just a little fun question. You know, we started asking a while back. I mean, there's no right or wrong answers, but you know, after after we asked Lisa Wilcox and Robert England and Kane Hodder answered with some crazy answers. So we just kind of started. You know, I love Kane. Yeah, so we just kind of like, you know, started asking, you know, to, just to get some interesting answers. Um, but yeah. but you've been to a few horror conventions yourself. I mean, is there anything that stands out to you from from any of those that was just like funny or sweet or just inappropriate that, you know, is either like you've witnessed or had happened to you at any of those things? At horror cons? Okay, well, first of all, I love horror cons. So all you horror fans that I've met before, I love you. And any horror fan that I haven't met at a horror con, I love you too. And I can't <laughs> wait to meet you one day. I think that they're so fun. It's a really ex- just exciting way to bridge the gap between filmmakers and fans. And then we all become friends. And if we don't, if you don't have the fans, we're not making films, you know, and it's, it's, it's the circle of life, <laughs> the circle of film. Um, so the thing that stands out in my mind is I met my baby daddy at a horror con. Oh, okay. So you wow. never know what can happen never at a horror know. convention. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going through a divorce and, um, you know, my life was sort of, my personal life was just a mess. And I met this random guy in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania at a horror con and here we are together with the baby well that one wins it i think that uh that's definitely that's the best answer that's definitely the best said, one we've got he works with bruce campbell and he came up to me and he said uh i'd like to invite you to a dinner tonight with bruce campbell and i was like oh okay and so he's like so if you give me your number you know i'll text you the information so i gave smooth. him my number but i wasn't smooth. i didn't mean to give him my number but he was smooth yeah and anyway that that was the beginning of that <laughs> that's awesome that's definitely the best answer yeah. you've gotten brian we're going to put that one at the top of the list there you go Woo! Uh, good <laughs> okay good uh serena miss vincent i'm sorry i gotta keep saying miss vincent uh is there anything no, else call me that serena. You- <laughs> okay. Serena, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to plug or tell the audience about? Maybe shout out social medias where they can follow you and keep up with your work? Yes. So follow me at Serena Vincent on Instagram and Twitter. Yet I'm never really on that. But on Instagram, I'm all over that. So follow me there and look for what's next. Lots of things going on. Oh, I have a podcast too, guys. Um, it's It's called Raising Amazing. And I co-host it with a pediatrician. It's not horror at all, but we talk to tons of celebrity parents and doctors and experts and professionals about health and wellness and just how to raise our kids right and like do what's best meant for mental health and our physical health for kids and families. And it's awesome. So check that out. Raising Amazing on um, all platforms. And uh, I have a book called Everybody 
has a belly button coming out from Skyhorse Publishing in um, January. I wrote this the day George Floyd was killed. I my child was 14 months old and I was devastated like most of the world and thought we need to do a better job of teaching our kids about skin color and race and equality, equity. We need to start early. And so I wrote um, this little book that teaches babies. It starts the conversation about skin color and our differences um, just in the same way you teach your baby, like where their belly button is and their nose and their eyes and their toes. And um, illustrated by a beautiful artist named Zoe Hunter. And yeah, you can pre-order it everywhere. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. So check that out too. I'll definitely will because my daughter is just getting into reading. She loves books. So I'll, I'll definitely pick that one up. I'll do that. And everybody that's listening, Raising Amazing, go subscribe to that right when you get done listening to this. Please, please, five, please, please. Yeah. And, five stars on iTunes. Cool, what'd you say? Five stars on iTunes. Five stars on iTunes, which I will do the same for you, my friend. <laughs> um, um, yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, Serena, just want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a been a blast talking to you. We really appreciate your time. I appreciate you guys. I don't even remember how this all happened or how we connected, but you guys are great, and thank you for asking me to be on your show. And um, and yeah. I'd love to come back when I've got that horror movie coming out. <laughs> Absolutely. We would love to have you back at any point. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye, guys. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.